0: The Bible Study Podcast, episode 54. This is the third series in a study on the book of Romans called Christianity 101. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. As we've talked about in the last two sessions, we'll be studying the book of Romans here for a while, and we're starting today in Romans chapter 2, starting in verse 1. And remember, the context for this chapter, as well as the context for the end of the first chapter, is that Paul is establishing what people need to be saved from. So these chapters, end of chapter 1, chapter 2, and the beginning of chapter 3, are talking about sin, that state of brokenness between us and God. And starting in chapter 2, You therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge the other... You are condemning yourself, because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere man, pass judgment on them, and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, tolerance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness leads you toward repentance? So this particular paragraph, and let me just do a quick aside, that paragraphs and verses are not in the original version, but have been put in later on by scholars who are trying to make it a little easier to read and to look something up and reference them. But anyway, this particular paragraph particularly talks about judgment and why it's not our business to pass judgment. So Paul seemed to be anticipating that people who read the list of things that he talked about in the first chapter which was envy and murder and strife and deceit and malice, gossip, slanderers, God-haters, insolence, arrogance, he talked about homosexuality, he talked about faithless, heartless, ruthless, senseless, all of these sort of things, that there were going to be some set of people who would say, aha, he's talking about you, Fred. And Paul is trying to say here, hang on a second, before we talk any more about sin, let's talk about you who are trying to pass judgment on someone else. Whenever you judge the others, he says you're condemning yourself because you do the same things. Now, maybe you don't do exactly the same things, but we're all in this state of sin, this state of brokenness. Perhaps we have different symptoms, but he's saying, you don't have any right to judge someone else. So when you, a mere man, pass judgment on them, and yet do the same things, do you think you'll escape God's judgment? So this particular set of three paragraphs we're going to look at today talk about judgment, and the first paragraph says, judgment is not for you judgment is for God, and that when we judge others, we're showing contempt for the riches of his kindness, tolerance, and patience. In other words, God has been kind to us, tolerant with us, and patient with us, and when we start judging others, we're showing contempt of the kindness that God has shown us, and that God's kindness is intended to lead us towards repentance, is intended to give us time to change our act. And Paul goes on in verses 5 through 11, But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath, when his righteous judgment will be revealed. God will give to each person according to what he has done. To those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile, for God does not show favoritism. So again, as I said, this second paragraph also talks about judgment, but it talks about God's judgment. It says a day is coming when all of us will be judged in this particular paragraph. I'm going to put this later on in context of the whole book as we continue with this study. But in this particular paragraph, we'll be judged by our deeds. We'll be judged by what we are doing. And I say we'll put this in a larger context. You have to keep listening to other episodes where we'll get into our deeds versus faith versus grace. But this says judgment is coming. Every person will be judged according to what he has done. And then it says, basically, to some will be given eternal life. Those who seek glory, honor, and immortality, who persist in doing good, who keep doing good, will be given eternal life. And those who are self-seeking reject the truth, there will we'll, we'll be wrath and anger. So the first paragraph said that you shouldn't judge... God is showing kindness, tolerance, and patience towards us. Patience doesn't mean that he will never judge what we're doing, but he has put off that judgment till the day of judgment. And so this paragraph says judgment is coming. There is a time where the accounts will be settled by what we have done. And then it goes on to say, both for the Jew and the Gentile, remember the churches we talked about in the first episode on Romans was composed of those who coming out of the Jewish tradition as well as those coming out of a Gentile tradition. It says first for the Jew because the word of God first came to the Jews and then came to the Gentiles. And but it says God doesn't show favoritism. So he's saying it doesn't matter whether you're Jewish or Gentile will be judged by what we've done. And then finally we have the third paragraph verses 12 through 16. All who sin apart from the law will also perish apart from the law and all who sin under the law will be judged by the law for it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in god's sight but it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous indeed when gentiles who do not have the law do by nature things required by the law they are a law for themselves even though they do not have the law Since they show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their consciences also bear witness, and their thoughts now accusing, now even defending them. This will take place on the day when God will judge men's secrets through Jesus Christ, as my gospel declares. Now, if the first paragraph said that God is withholding his judgment for a while, and the second one says, but judgment will come, The third paragraph here is saying, and there aren't any excuses, that all will be judged. So, the law is brought up for the first time here in Romans, and let's talk about what the law means. In the Old Testament, God revealed through Moses, and then later on through the prophets, it was clarified what things he wanted his people to do and what things he wanted his people not to do. There's two ways of thinking about this. The usual way that we think about it is these are the rules. We think of the Ten Commandments as a series of rules. Let's just assume that that's the way we're thinking about them. Then the way you would think about this particular paragraph would be that... Ignorance is no excuse for following the law. So, for instance, I live in California. They passed a series of laws last year in the legislature. They tried to publicize them in newspapers and TV and such, but a number of new laws took place in January, January 1st usually. Those are now the law in the place that I live. If I break one of those laws and then I go into court and say, but I didn't know, I'm going to find that I'm still going to be charged with that crime because ignorance is not an excuse for the law. Now, let's look at it a different way, which I think is actually more instructive. What really God revealed to his people were a series of things that would establish relationships or that would prevent the breaking of relationships between each other, and between us and God. And so God says, don't steal, don't kill, don't murder, don't commit adultery, because those would break relationships between one another. They, You cannot have a good relationship with your neighbor if you're coveting your neighbor's wife, for instance. And then he also says, I'm the Lord your God. I want you to have no other gods before me. It's going to break our relationship if you put something between you and I, if you put something more important than me. So if we look at all of the law, all of the things that God revealed to the Jews in the Old Testament and say that those are about relationship, then this paragraph is saying, for instance, I'm married, and there may be things, hypothetically, that I do that break the relationship between my wife and I. And I don't think it would surprise you to find out that I may not be aware of everything I do that breaks that relationship. I may not even be aware that... This is something that would annoy her. But imagine, if you will, me saying to my wife, oh, I didn't realize that having an affair would be something that would offend you. I don't think she's going to say, well, okay, if you didn't know that that would bother me, then it doesn't. It's more likely that I would be told, well, you should have known better. That's something that my parents probably told me once or twice, too. Why am I getting punished for that? You never said I shouldn't do that. Yeah, but you hurt someone else. You should have known better. You should have known that we don't hurt other people, that there's some basic understandings that we expect people to understand, that some things are right and some things are wrong. We have, even those people who don't have a Christian faith or who have no faith in particular, have a sense at times that some things, when you pick up the paper and you read about some things, some things are just wrong. And what this paragraph is saying is, even those of us who hadn't been revealed the law, those of us who don't know Moses and the prophets, even those of us who are outside of that tradition, who didn't have that, have written on our hearts an understanding of what things are right and wrong to do and so no one is escaping judgment for what we do now, this is again the part of a longer book, and we'll get into more detail about the law, into much more detail about the law in particular as we go on. But for now, we'll bring this episode of the Bible Study Podcast to a close. If you have any comments, feel free to leave them on the Podcast dot com or send me an email at host at the Podcast dot com. And as always, thanks so much for listening. at lifeaudio.com.